Welcome. This is Jeff Cooper, and we're glad that you joined us for another Disney at Play podcast. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021. I'm sure you are ready to shed 2020, despite all of the challenges that the pandemic has brought on. Walt Disney Attractions is still moving forward with many projects, many new attractions. Revisit the possibilities, all the possibilities for 2021 as we go through all of Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and Disney Parks globally. We'll look at reopening dates, resuming pre-COVID attractions, entertainment, and other offerings, new attractions and offerings, and of course, the advent of Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary. And to join me as we set the stage for 2021, Glad to have on board David Sinola. How are you this morning? Greetings from Chile, Illinois. Uh, I get to, after we record, I get to the fun experience of shuffling like a penguin across my ice-covered driveway <laughs> to pull in my trash cans and hope that if I fall, nobody has their cameras hooked up to YouTube. So uh, we're, we're good. I'm ready. I'm ready to, to get things moving this, this next year. David, let's uh, take a moment to, and by the way, make sure you follow us on our post at DisneyAtPlay.com because we have lots of images, lots of videos, uh, stuff that you have not heard yet. So make sure you've, um, you check that out as, you, as we go along this uh, podcast. But uh, David, your last trip to Walt Disney World was... Uh, I left on March 12th, 2020, so only four days before the shutdown. So it's it's been a long nine months for you, buddy. It has, yes. Um, what is what is the one thing that you miss the most in this gap of time since it has? Uh... Um, I. So I am a, I, I think I've mentioned this before, I'm a type 1 diabetic. Uh, so we are just being very, very conservative during this pandemic just to, to, you know, to proceed with the utmost of caution just because we don't know how it would affect me. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not elderly by any means, but I'm also not young, having diabetes for quite a long while. And so I, I, this is going to be silly, but I think probably the biggest thing that I miss is just wandering the parks. Uh, I don't know that I really would say I miss an attraction. Uh, I, I definitely miss riding the Haunted Mansion, but that's not like the first thing I would do is I would just walk in and I'd want to go and I'd want to get myself a, a box of Disney popcorn and just walk around. And then I, this sounds really silly, but like a lot of my experiences, and I know we've talked about this before in previous episodes, but I really miss the food at Disney. And I know some people would slam me and say, you could get much better food in a local area. I, that's absolutely true. You go out to some local restaurants and you could probably get better food. But when there's such unique options at the parks, and that's part of my memory making as a child and as a, a father with a young family, being able to say, this is our favorite place. We want to go here. Or we want to go to Harbor House or something like that. Those are where our memories are built. And I miss just getting to walk around and hear the, the, the background music of the parks and the excitement of people. And I'll tell you what, this is going to sound lame, Jeff. But one of my favorite experiences at any Disney park is to sit during uh, Happily Ever After, stand, I guess, during Happily Ever After, and watch people react when Tinkerbell flies. Uh, it's uh, like, 
and I, I have I, I have never made any qualms or hidden the fact that I am a crier. Like at movies, my kids just look at me and they listen for. Uh, we watched uh, Safety on Disney Plus last night, and I knew it was about to get to an emotional moment. And so I looked at my wife and just put out my hand, and she handed me a tissue, and all the kids <laughs> kind of turned and laughed. Um, so I don't mind saying that I am a in in the word of the old sitcom Scrubs, I am a sensi. Uh, I don't I don't mind crying, but I will. If my kids aren't there, especially my kids are there, I'll watch them. But I love hearing the gasps of that happening for the first time. And I miss being able to experience people seeing those things for the first time. That you have nailed a precious moment. Tinkerbell coming down has always been a big part of the fireworks. The way they staged it toward the end is just. It's oh, it's just, so much we, better emotionally and happily uh, ever after than it was in it Wishes. And I love is. Wishes. It is. Dittos on all of that. So I can appreciate where you're at. By the way, we're recording this uh, the morning of New Year's Eve. We've chosen um, one of the books I got was the unofficial Walt Disney or the unofficial Disney Parks cookbook, I think it's called. At any rate, my wife is trying um, cheeseburger bail buns ah. for, for our New Year's Eve event tonight. So so I'm I'm intrigued. I and what was the dessert coming? I, oh, and the gray stuff. It's delicious. Um, she's also doing gray stuff for for our little quiet celebration here at home. So I can appreciate. I, I totally appreciate everything you're saying. And let's start at Walt Disney World if we can. Um, I think uh, you know. At the big news is is that it's going to celebrate a 50th anniversary this year. And we still don't exactly know what that quote-unquote package looks like. But I have to say, just the return of pre-COVID attractions, entertainment, and other offerings. I put an image of uh, the, uh, the parade on, on our post because, man, that just brings it home for me. Is I miss that parade as I do. I, I was thinking the other day of the, of the one thing I really miss that's still not returned because my experience, of course, has been I've been to the parks probably 30, 35 times since since reopening. But there's so much that hasn't reopened. And mm -hmm. I thought of all the things I haven't seen yet that's real. I was thinking of Fantasmic. And mm. there's a similar moment when Mickey hits the top of the hill and there is this palpable sensation from the crowd now you and i are a little are a little biased because we've seen phantasmic out at disneyland but most 95 percent of the people in that audience have never seen the other phantasmic probably even know it exists and and they are truly charged by that it is an electric unifying moment with ten thousand people and uh and i just i look forward to the festival of the lion king Finding Nemo the musical, um, so many little things that uh, it's 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 almost like it's almost like taking your gifts, taking your 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 favorite toys, taking them away from you for a year, and then rewrapping them and getting to reopen them in 2021. I think that kind of describes what uh, what I think the experience is going to be like for many. Uh, including yourself when you are eventually back in the parks. Um, yes, we have Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary on October 1st, 2021. David has already booked his park days in the park for that day. 
for, for that day. He is so on time. So this is why you go to David to plan as a meeting, as a travel planner and a meeting planner if you're doing meetings, but as a travel planner because you want to plan these things out coming. I just feel like there is a this this you know how the tide goes back on a tsunami way offshore and it's I feel like this tsunami of people are eventually going to come back as and it may not it may not come back in one day it may be a trickle over time but but I just feel like there are so many people who are ready to come come back um magic kingdom the tr what has not been announced is that the tron light cycle run uh is coming in 2021 um i was doing in my mind a me the mental math of a gantt chart to say what would it take to get all these pieces that are left on this on this uh this coaster experience because uh, there's a lot of progress but there's a lot more to come and it's only it's all only um nine months until october 1st so and you would have to assume that that internally they'd want it they'd want to have stuff done earlier than that to do to do test and adjust stuff um, oh, that's, as well yeah. so yeah that's assuming that you're starting at least midsummer to do test and adjust right which you have to do and then and then you um and then a little piece has been missing for two years and that's the walt disney world railroad and it's almost the last piece that has to go in before test and adjustment because all this construction, the train kind of goes through it and they still got to lay tracks. They've relayed tracks throughout much of the rest of the Magic Kingdom. They haven't relayed the tracks there. So there's a time frame doing there. I have a picture of the construction on the post, but in front of it is a picture of the people mover. Again, going back to one of those treats that you know, has been missing, that's been taken away, that hasn't resumed since um, since uh, the parks reopened. Um, another attraction, and by the, uh, let me just jump to this because I, I'm jumping around a little bit and, and I forgot to add one thing for you, David, but let's go to, let's go to this promise. One of the things that happened in 2020 was a promise that we would have a princess and the frog uh, redo of Splash Mountain and I th and there was a message given a f about a month or two ago saying that they are moving progress quickly on that something to that effect um, but I don't believe that Splash Mountain will close for that reconfiguration until Tron re until Tron opens because that Tron ride is going to replace a lot of that capacity issue. Um, usually it closes in January and February. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think they're going to keep it going until they can open Tron and, uh, and then take it down for a year plus probably to completely gut it and, and redo it into the um, Princess and the Frog theme. Thoughts, comments on that? Yeah, I mean, they typically do, because 
when remind me timeline wise, when did this announcement get made? Do you remember when was it? Yeah, pre, it was pandemic shutdown. No, it was right during the Black Lives Matter move uh, in in the June time frame. So okay, maybe late June. Late June. In fact, I think I remember. It seems to me that when it was announced, I was thinking oh, they haven't even reopened the parks, and already they're talking new things when they haven't even. So that kind of thinking was in my mind, I think, at the time. It was right in that time frame of reopening the parks. Yeah, and I think that would be an easy, you know, talking about people eaters, right? Uh, not ha- having Splash Mountain down at the same time, you know, and you're going to lose. That's going to it's going to suck a lot of people typically, right? That your 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 mountains, uh, your roller coasters really are the big ones that everybody kind of rushes to. And so I think having that down would definitely hurt things as they increase capacity. So it makes sense uh, if they're going to wait until they then have Tron to be able to eat some of those people uh, to 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 bring Splash Mountain down. It would that would definitely make sense. Another big people eater is uh, that's going down in just a couple of weeks is the Hall of Presidents um, to be replaced with uh, Joe Biden as an animatronic. And it took a very long time to get uh, Trump into that show and to redo the show and everything. Um, So I... I think we could pretty well expect the Hall of Presidents to be closed for the better part of the year. The interesting um, thing, though, because that was the last, they don't typically do a major overhaul of the show itself every time there's a new president, if I'm correct. Um, but I think in this case, what I wonder if they can just easily adapt the end where they announce them and then do the speech, but could they leave the entire other rest of the presentation the same and that that would drastically cut down on their work time right yeah right and in fact if you our listeners ought to uh, check out a podcast that i did about 10 podcasts ago where we talk about um how the hall of presidents could be done in a different way that maybe didn't make it um such a long turnover time now, I also did suggest a massive change to the Hall of Presidents that would that would be done once, and then and then it wouldn't require a lot of change after that. But um, there there are a couple of different options, and if you if you head over to adding President Elect Joe Biden to the Hall of Presidents, two differing opinions. You'll see my podcasts and thoughts on this, as I think that there's some some really there's there's an opportunity to play this out a little differently. They had changed the film out as well as the animatronic, but they had changed the film out just the president before that, Uh, which president had been in for um, eight years. Right. But um, so it'll be interesting to see if they change out the film. I think the film is a terrific film, but I thought the one before it was pretty timeless as well. So it'll be interesting to see where that plays out. Let's head to Epcot where uh, let's start with Ratatouille, which got a lot of attention this week when Emily Jacobson, who's a kind of a TikTok um, social media uh, guru, got the a unique privilege of stepping through um, 
the new Remy's Ratatouille adventure. Um, which yeah, I I was actually just just when you said that I went, oh no, did we miss? I think we might actually take in the uh, the Ratatouille TikTok musical that's happening tomorrow. Are, are, yes. are you going to watch? Yes, we we I was just talking to two of my daughters about doing that and maybe even doing a review uh, on the pod, uh, podcast review of it um, because it is imminent as well. So yeah, um, which is that's a whole incredible story in and of itself how that has uh, come through in this social media era. It's just fascinating. Yeah, I'm excited about Ratatouille. Uh, I've the uh, Paris is the one uh, park resort location I have never been to yet, unfortunately, and who knows how long that'll be now. Uh, but uh, you know, hearing such great things about the ride, loving uh, the trackless system, uh, and now we obviously have it here in some iteration at, at Mickey and Minnie's Railway. Uh, I am definitely looking forward to Ratatouille. That's one of my favorite Pixar movies. I know that's not a commonly listed favorite Pixar movie, but it absolutely is one of my favorite Pixar movies. And so I'm excited to see it just because I know how much love it has overseas. Uh, and when something has that much love, it's very rare that I don't think it lives up to the hype. And so I'm hoping that it does, uh, but excited for that to open. I think that'll breathe some new life as well into uh, the parks and more life uh, means more jobs coming back and more things being open and everybody wins. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now they've, they've declared that it's 2021. I can't help but think it's going to be earlier than later. Yeah. I don't think it'll be past Memorial Day. But um, I think what they're looking to do is a press event that will not only showcase a couple of things like that, maybe Space 220, which is also one of the things coming uh, that, well, we've waited over a year for that to finally premiere. Harmonious doesn't seem that far away. Is there a, a duo, a trio of attractions that they could do a press event around and then say, and these are our official, this is officially what the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World will look like. So, yeah, I think, I mean, you, you got to figure that assuming flower and garden still happens like normal uh, with all those food boots now basically being turned into a, uh, you know, food and wine uh preview really is why I mean, it's basically they're yeah. both they're they're both food and wine that'd be a perfect opportunity uh to launch that and that typically starts what the first week the first few days of march yeah. uh, so if they can get through those those low that low season obviously they're not going to have the 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 income uh of marathon weekend like they typically would and so crowds will probably be a lot lower in january and february than they've been but, I mean, first week of March, it'd give you a month or so to do your test and adjust. Although, I don't know how much that still has to happen as uh, as much as it would if this were the first time you were building this attraction. Because they already know where the problem points are going to be and what things to pay attention to because they've done it in Paris. So, it would that'd be an ideal time is to launch, launch Flower and Garden and then be able to launch it. And then all those people that are coming to that can just stream right back to, to Ratatouille in France. Yeah. So... More to come, but definitely a big part of it. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind uh, indications suggest that they are on track for making that part of the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. And um, they certainly look like they're well underway. Um, I, I, uh, I heard a new, another Cosmic... I'm, I'm a little behind getting to Future World. My last visit to Epcot, I came in through... 
um, the Skyliner. So I didn't get up to that front part, but my understanding is, is that a lot more construction has happened on the old Universe of Energy building, which has sat dormant mm. and just gutted out for for the better part of a year. So yeah. I'm I'm hopeful that some really good things are happening in that regard. We see um and Space 20 we've mentioned 220 we've mentioned Wondrous China which has been on an uncertain hold that could be part of the more recent, you know, spring uh press conference or early summer press conference and then Harmonious and uh, I've spoken about these, these barges out in the lagoon. They are ginormous. Um, this is this is this is not your father's illuminations. That's all I can guess um, from what I'm seeing of this. And I love the fact that it appears that there's going to be daytime fountains, mm-hmm. which gives that sense of motion and aesthetic. Uh, to it um so very excited about what lies there uh disney's animal kingdom not really much going on i just did a podcast two podcasts ago about fixing dino land and with um primeval world being completely done with you kind of think that there could be an opportunity to do something sooner than later um, and I talk about some some more immediate options in that podcast, so check that out. Uh, we do know that Disney's Hollywood Studios, which you know did the lion's share of additions in eighteen and nineteen uh, and early twenty, because that you know Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway was the first part of twenty. Uh, they do have a Toy Story barbecue restaurant coming. I am a fan of barbecue. Uh, I love the new barbecue place at Epcot. So more barbecue yeah. is good. It'll be interesting to see uh, how how big of a space that is, how difficult it is to get into once things go back to, I'm using air quotes that nobody can see, but once things go back to normal, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know that I will necessarily go there often because I'm my kids are, have kind of moved past character meals. But if it makes lines shorter over at uh, Woody's Lunchbox, I'm I'm good with that. Has it been your understanding that it would be a uh, that it would be a um, character meal? I think so. I, I'm fairly certain the early concepts were characters walking around. Maybe I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong because it's been so long. It feels like it's been eight years since any of this stuff has been announced. Uh, but yeah. I think that I think there were pictures of of characters in there. Maybe not. I mean, I don't know why they haven't. That seems to be a drastically missed income opportunity for them to do I, mean, I always have clients who will say well are there character meals can you dine with characters and i'll say well yes what characters and if they're not into princesses and they don't really care about mickey mouse it's really not much else right i mean there's no the the two big requests i always get are toy story and star wars and obviously star wars i don't know if that can really happen anymore it, it kind of died with um uh, with Star Wars weekends dying and now with Galaxy's Edge, I don't know how that would set off your storytelling. But I'm surprised that Toy Story is still popular. It's still something that people are raising their kids on. You've got four movies now spanning what? I mean, first one was 1995. Last one just came out. Was it last? Was it 2019? I mean, so still you've yeah. Well, it, it, just the the Christmas before last. 
Okay, so it's this. yeah. So it's I mean, you're still having all those people 25 years if I've done my math right, um yeah. of of kids growing up on Toy Story, so it's still a relevant franchise. It's not like uh you know, I mean they did a just added a Tangled and Frozen, Tangled and Frozen. Um, uh, Tangled and uh, Little Mermaid right over on the boardwalk. They added that a couple of years ago. But there's not really one of those other big franchises to pull people in. I think they'd make a killing. So I'd be surprised if they didn't, and I think they should. Uh, I hear I hear you on all that. So, so yeah, that'll be that'll be good. I'm a little surprised for Di- Walt Disney World, who's so big on character meet and greet. A defined character meet and greet experience with even a fast pass attached to it, that they really haven't created that kind of dedicated space at a Toy Story Land. Yeah, um, that seems to be a, a missed opportunity to have a really dedicated experience there. Um, across the resort, um, I didn't put this down, but we should mention that the the Disney's Polynesian Resort is going through a big rehab, um, including, and somebody, and I apologize to whatever podcast had shared this, but there was a podcast I heard the other day that said that they had been by the rooms. I think it was WDWNT. Um, and they had said that the rooms were gutted out. I mean, down to the steel frame, mm. which coincides with what I have believed to be the case in this situation that that the Polynesian resort has always had an asbestos issue over the long haul and they needed to get rid of that. Mm. And, um, and again, that's speculation on my part, but I think that's probably part of, I don't know if I've seen an image. Has there been an image of what the Moana room uh, looks like? There was some early concept art um, and I think, but again, what concept art is and what things actually be, it looked more instead of carpet. I what think do I want to compare? Yeah. So instead of, uh, I'll compare it to the well, right, themed rooms wise, we basically have uh, the princess, the, the royal rooms in uh, Port Orleans, Riverside. And then you've got the rooms at Art of Animation, all of which are themed. And you kind of go on a scale of, most, and I'm using this term not disparagingly, I, I'm, th- I'm thinking of a word like gaudy, like really over the top. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt the second you walk in that room, all of the the touches of Lion King, uh, what's Lion King, Cars, Finding Nemo, and Little Mermaid are the ones in Art of Animation. And if you've ever been in those rooms, it is just everything, the shower curtains, the light fixtures, the carpet, the, the art on the wall, uh, the end table in the Cars uh, Art of Animation family suites, the little coffee table sitting in the main room uh, looks like a map um, of Radiator Springs and the surrounding area. And yep. the dressers look like a snap-on tool chest. So those are really, it's just oozing, oozing connection to those franchises. Um, you then go to the Royal Courtrooms, and those are definitely oozing, but a little more subtle. Um, subtle in the fact that there's some stuff where it's almost like a scavenger hunt. Where's the different thing left by each of these royal couples? And what I've seen of the Moana concept art, and again, it's been, what, five, six months whenever it was announced. It seems even more subtle there. And I don't know if that's because it's a deluxe. 
and there needs to be a little more luxury attached, but it seemed more low key. Like, yes, it's there. It's going to feel different. You're going to notice it um, if you're in there, but it's not going to be smacking you in the face quite like it is in those other rooms. And I'm not saying one is better or worse. Yeah. Everybody has their own their own the taste. uh, tastes, but that's that's what it looked like. Things were going to be now. The Moana. Pop Century has a very clean look with a couple of distinct pieces of art. Yes. But by and large, it's a very clean uh-huh. um, um, with a lot of a lot of whites and and cool colors. So, I, yeah, I think that'll be interesting to see. Now, in, in, in alignment with that, I think that cleaner look is the new Walt Disney World Swan Reserve, which for... The working title has been the Cove for some time, and this yeah. this is a hotel that you can see you can't see it really much from Epcot. You can see it from other points, like when you're walking in the parking lot at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, I think this is a beautiful, um, very contemporary looking hotel. It's got a lot of great um, use of glass tile and and of when of glass in general. I, I think this is going to be a nice contribution uh, to to the landscape, um, but I, I and um, and we should also well, but I think the big hotel that is that is the big the big curious one, the ultra themed one, as you were to say it, even though it's got very clean has a very clean look to it in the rooms, is the Galactic Star Cruiser. Yeah. Um, love those rooms. Love the look and feel of this. What is the price point you are willing to pay, David Zanilla, to to have your family spend two nights on the Galactic Star Cruiser? Goodness, I'm a cheapskate. Um, I, I then let me they... ask you: What do you think is the price point your uh, those you book hotels rooms for? I don't know. Yeah. It's tough because yeah, I mean, you have to ask: Are they comparing it? Is it? I mean, what what's the what's the pricing people have have suggested? Have they been saying it's around a thousand a person? Is that I right think, for a two I night think, stay? I thought it was a thousand per night, but I, okay. it could be it could be a thousand. I think the rooms follow more of a look and feel of a cabin in a cruise line ship than right. it does a cabin or as a hotel room. Although, although if you looked at the exterior before things were covered up, um, it looked like a hotel building. It looked, you know, like a two-story motel room with, and there actually was an escape from every, it, it, there was an opening, let me put it that way. I don't know how that's been covered up or whatever, but there was an opening for each room. And it looked pretty well spaced apart like most hotel rooms mm. um but yeah you know what would you spend for two nights at uh in a place like that a place where probably you could have the kind of meet and greet character experiences that you just referenced yeah um, you know could they could they get past some of the storyline issues can't you know could could the child and the mandalorian come visit you on this ship, you know, that, that would be a pretty cool, you know, experience. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things operationally that I think has to be a challenge 
about something like that, about doing a character dining experience. And I, I mean, I, I went to the one at Star Wars weekend with our kids once. Um, I had to open up a second mortgage in the house, but I went. Um, and <laughs> like, I worry. Okay, so if you go to a normal character meal, like let's talk about Chef Mickey's or or or, or princesses. Mm-hmm. Most of those characters are really focused on the younger kids. It's not at all to say that middle-aged men and women aren't may not want their pictures taken with Aurora or Belle or Mickey or Minnie because you know we would take a family picture. But by and large, the people that loved them coming to your tables were the kids. Right. You do a Star Wars character meal that that's gone. You've got. 50, 60, 70 somethings wanting to take their pictures with Chewbacca or whomever they get for those characters. And how does that, I mean, like I remember, do you remember in the early days of Launch Bay being open when uh, the Jawas would walk around? Yeah. And they were just swarmed and everybody wanted pictures. And I would hear people being upset. And even on the Star Wars cruises on the Disney Cruise Line, um, on Star Wars Day at Sea, which was just one day, uh, they had stormtroopers kind of walking around and kind of like they're the, the stormtroopers now in Galaxy's Edge. They don't mm-hmm. stop for photo opportunities, which is what everyone wants. So at what point do you bow to the desires of the fans wanting those pictures with a stormtrooper? And how much does that congest the area? I'm not saying it wouldn't be ideal. And if it's going to make money, Disney's in show business. They're smart. But I just I think that would be a, a logistical nightmare in some respects to do a character meal with a lot of those characters, man, you know, Mandalorian. But it may the, not the be a character whomever. meal. It just may be that they're roaming around. That the that they're roaming, right? Right. You know, it it's a little bit. I mean, I, I think of great character interactions I've had. Jack, Captain Jack Sparrow on the adult beach at Castaway Key. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, it, it's not about the photo, although I have photos. It's an improvisational moment. F- meeting up with Facilier in New Orleans Square at Disneyland. Mm. That's a that's a that's more fun for adults than it is for kids. You yeah, know, that guy that guy is creepy, scary, fun, and you just you just meld into it. So I think it's more of those kinds of experiences that could be happening on the ship, you know, throughout their experience. So ah, anyway, it more to come on that. More discussion. Timeline, I definitely think it's going to be the the far end of 2021, not a day before October 1st. I think they've got a lot of work ahead of them on that project. Two other little things I should mention. Water parks closed. Even though other area water parks have been, have reopened and have closed and reopened. <laughs> Blizzard Beach, they have announced, will open in March, I believe it is. I think it's I think it's March seventh. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And um, that's that's a with Typhoon having no date, probably for all of, uh, or if anything will happen, Typhoon will take over in the fall and Blizzard will close. But I don't think you'll see both water parks open and t- together until spring of twenty two. Mm. Um, so uh, so that's a big. That's a big issue. And then Cirque du Soleil, Drawn to Life, that was so close to opening. So close. And they were in rehearsals. They were getting ready to put that show on. And and then COVID came. And I am sure that's a nightmare trying to figure out how to how to get that back in, in gear. But 
that too is something I think I had seen some ticketing dates push, you know, about six, four, six months ago saying, hey, uh, probably February or March, but I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it is well into October before we see Cirque uh, come back. Mm. So that's rough. Yeah, it is a rough one. So that all said and done, if, if only half of these things happen at Walt Disney World, um, if, if you just had everything come back that used to be at Disney World, and then you added half of these new attractions, I'd be thrilled. But as it stands, most all of these things are probably showing up this year. So there is a lot ahead of Walt Disney World, especially as it approaches its 50th uh, anniversary. That takes us to Disneyland, which has yet to reopen. The one theme park, and some have closed back up, like Hong Kong and Paris. They plan on reopening within the weeks to come, months to come. But Disneyland, boy, there's just no... I, I think it could easily be May into summer before we see Disneyland start to do what Walt Disney World did last July. Yeah, that's just, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah, it, it is. really is. I did note, and I don't know when this occurs, and I, I was going to go to some DVC experts. When do you start announcing the availability of purchasing a DVC property? Because I think even though they've barely gotten out of the gate with building the new Disney Hotel, Disneyland Hotel DVC Tower, I think that purchase is going to be huge. I think it's going to go quickly and for a high dollar amount. Um, but I think that's part, while we won't see the building this year or maybe even next, um, I think that the excitement around that um, is upcoming. In the parks itself, I noted to you, I think I called you uh, <laughs> just to say... Snow White's Enchanted Wish. I'm in. <laughs> Send me yeah. a ticket. I want to see this. Yeah. Um, it's cute. It's so cute. Um, more to come, I guess, on that because you, you got to open the park before you get to see it. Yeah, that would that would be important. Well, and they uh, they had opened up part of uh, the area in Disney California Adventure to kind of work around some of the dining restrictions, but then had to, some of them had to be shuttered when cases started to rise. Isn't that correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, they had opened up a ton of those restaurants on Buena, Buena Vista Street to be able to still yeah, have dining, but then... Exactly, and a little bit over on onto um, Hollywood, um, Hollywood Avenue, or the, the Hollywood backlot area, and then also um, in the uh, California... Um, area near uh, Soren, but um, but they had to close. I, I have they closed that back up. I, I think they had they had they started have. to 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 shutter some of them. I don't know if all of them, because again, since we're not traveling, it's something that I haven't paid attention to. What's closing and and, the and what last I saw was that the restaurants had closed, uh, minus some kiosk where you could pick up something and take it off property to eat. Okay. 
um, the stores were at like 20% occupancy. Okay. So this is, yeah, this is barely breathing. Right. Um, at Disney California Adventure. Um, however, when it opens, I think they will, I think it very shortly afterwards, they will be bringing on the Avengers Campus, which includes Web Slingers, uh, Spider-Man type rides, kind of like Toy Story Mania, but without the gun or the, you know, the shooting devices, you're using your hands to shoot webs. The Sanctum, which was an extravagant kind of meet and greet. Um, the PIM Test Kitchen, web suppliers and campus supply pod, both retail outlets, and a whole, just a whole cool feel for that corner. California Adventure just keeps getting better um, when it's open, at least. <laughs> and all that kind of feeding right into the Guardians of the Galaxy um, mission breakout. Yeah. Oh, that's such a fun uh, ride. That is such a fun ride. And I'd like to think that everything else in this land is going to be in that spirit of fun. Um, they've been doing meet and greets for a long time in that in the Hollywood area of the park. And I just think this area is going to make it make doing meet and greets even funner. I, I just want again, going back to what do adults like to do? Adults, a lot of adults line up for these meet and greets. Oh yeah. With oh, the yeah. Marvel characters. Uh-huh. So that's on our plate. We're looking at globally, not much at Tokyo. It had one of its biggest expansion pieces this last year with Fantasyland and some additional Tomorrowland and Toontown pieces added in. Uh Shanghai, nothing they've got a big thing with with the Zootopia attraction, but I think it's well into 22 before we see that one. Yeah. Um, but Hong Kong, Hong Kong does say that they think they're going to open up this world of Frozen in 21. That was the last official thing I saw on Arendelle World of Frozen. It is a whole themed land, not to say yeah. that Norway at Epcot isn't a whole Frozen themed land. But I think this is a much grander level and, and a whole lot more looking like Arendelle. Um, and the Walt Disney Studios Paris has redone their old backstage lot tour to be a route, Cars Route 66 road trip to envelop the um, a Catastrophe Canyon piece, which has been redone to a Cars theme, as well as redoing Disney's Hotel New York um, with an art of Marvel. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just ask you, if you had a choice between these two parks, David, if things were okay COVID-wise, and you could go see Hong Kong Disneyland's Arendelle World of Frozen, all that's new there, or you could go to Disneyland Paris, which you haven't been to yet, which one do you think you'd do? Oh, I'd do Paris in a heartbeat. Just, and I think just because of the fact that I haven't been there yet, yeah. Uh, I am very excited. I, I take a group, uh, my group that was supposed to go in June of 2020, then June of 2021, we pushed it back again to June of 2022, uh, are uh, doing all the, the, the Disney parks in Asia. Uh, I am excited to see the new castle because we actually would have missed it had we gone in June of 2020. And so we'll get to see the new castle there, which looks fan fantastic. You know, I love Hong Kong Disneyland. I know it gets a lot of flack for being a small park. It is it is quite small um, offering wise. 
Uh, I think it's more than a one-day park. I don't think it's more than a two-day park. Uh, but I really enjoy it. I enjoy. Uh, we always stay at the Explorers Lodge there and yeah. love that hotel. Um, and so I'm excited to get back there. And so I guess the one blessing in all of this is they're able to do more by the time I get back. But I'd probably want to experience Paris just because it's the one that I haven't been able to. I'm a I'm a completionist, Jeff, and so I need to I need to cross those two off my list. Had you done the two Marvel offerings at uh, Hong Kong Disneyland? Yes, uh, the Iron Man experience and. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was Star Tours. I mean, it felt very similar. Uh, the Ant-Man ride, we loved. I got to go on that on our last trip and rode it just a it's ton. It's a redo of Buzz like, Lightyear's, but it was, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. fun. Uh-huh. And I think, the, I think the Iron Man attraction is a lot of fun. Yes, if you're and, a huge uh, Marvel fan, it's absolutely a blast. They, I, I don't know, I guess what I'm saying is they didn't really break a lot of ground in terms of uh, the ride oh, mechanism, or to, yeah. but the story, the things you're walking. I mean, for and again, I would have been there, and we wouldn't have had Endgame yet, or maybe now we may have just had Endgame. Um, and so, still in the in this huge flush of 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 Marvel fervor, and so uh, it was definitely neat, especially because I got to bring both my boys there at separate times, and they would be really have been into Marvel at the time. So, really cool stuff. I mean, they've got to be bringing more stuff to that back part of of Hong Kong. I think that whole area of that land will probably just turn into a Marvel Marvel land in some way in the future. Yeah, the Quinjet experience will also eventually go. That's the last piece which will also come to Cars Land, which will also go to um, Paris, Walt Disney Studios Paris. So that Quinjet experience goes to all three parks um, and it's supposed to rival in some ways Rise of the Resistance. So we'll we'll have to see what comes of that. That may well be another five years before we see that. I definitely wouldn't wait five years to come see Hong Kong Disneyland. It's got a great small world. We haven't even talked about um, Mystic Manor. There, there's a lot to like about Hong Kong. The problem is, is it's half the world around. It's a yeah. long, long trip. But um, I and I love. Uh, the Explorers Lodge that you mentioned, any of the Disney hotels there is a definite. Make mm-hmm. this a place because you're going to be tired when you get there. Make this a place to really enjoy when you get there. But we got to get to Paris too. So, so lots going on globally around around the Disney theme parks. Uh, every everywhere you look. Again, thank you for joining us for this Disney at Play podcast where we've looked at 2021. Well, not entirely, because actually we're also going to cover the Disney Cruise Line. We were going to make that part of this podcast, but there was so much we uncovered that we have a next future podcast covering just that. So be sure to check that out. Whether it's a cruise or whether it's travel, definitely check out David Zanola. My thanks for David for joining us. If you need support, in not only visiting all places Disney, but in booking any of your travel needs, please visit my co-host David Zanola. David is the owner and agent of Out The Door Travel LLC. There's no cost, but it could save you a lot of time and even money, especially when you put it in the hands of someone who really knows Disney and travel. Reach out to David today or find him uh, on this post for this podcast at disneyatplay.com. 
If you really want to share the magic of the show, please consider adding a comment or positive rating on iTunes. It will do so much to help others find out more about this, the littlest podcast that ever could. And make sure that uh, you also check out our sister site that goes with DisneyAtPlay.com. It's DisneyAtWork.com. It's a part of Performance Journeys, my company, and it's committed to helping you improve your organization. If you'd like a keynote speaker or seminar for your business, conference, or higher education group, we offer a variety of topics to include leadership, employee engagement, customer service, and teamwork. Know that when you invite me to speak or work with your organization, you are hiring someone who has successfully applied these ideas in the transfer scores of organizations for over 25 years. For more information, please visit DisneyAtWork.com or PerformanceJourneys.com. Better yet, just contact me by email or phone. Either of those websites will give you my contact information and just talk to me about what's happening in your workplace and how I can help you take your organization to the next level. Listening is the best gift I can give you. Feel free to reach out and discuss your needs. Want to embrace more of the magic? Do you want to know more of the insights and happenings at the Disney parks? You have to join our brand new Patreon page where we have podcasts, videos, and interactive apps you can't get anywhere else. In our first two tiers of Explore and Discover, we look at some amazing Disney discoveries as we dive into the many themes and details of the parks. Those in the Navigator and Adventurer levels experience our Disney at Work content I just spoke of, where we look at best in business ideas from the happiest places on earth through our interactive Disney at Work online tours, plus so much more. Membership begins at only $5 a month, and the first few months, all of our proceeds, 100%, are going to support Embrace Celebration, dedicated to helping furloughed and unemployed folks most affected by this pandemic in the shadows of Disney. So as you receive your stimulus check or that, uh, that little Christmas uh, check from grandma or whomever it may be, think about just carving out a few dollars towards something really good and getting something really great in return. Well, that does it for today. In the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, we leave you with the words of Alan Menken. Always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.